First, a message from our sponsor. Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output Podcast, we look at how the price of Netflix is going up while the price of internet service may be going down. announcing it's increasing the cost of its standard plan by a dollar. You see Netflix shares popping four and a half percent higher on this news. Now, the standard Netflix plan will be $14 a month. That's up from $13 a month. And they're increasing the premium tier plan from $16 a month to $18 a month. And new subscribers will have to pay this new fee, while current subscribers will see their monthly fees increase over the next few weeks with customer billing cycles. A Netflix subscription is now the worst value in streaming, at least according to writer Samuel Poley, co-host of the podcast Culture Vacuum. He writes that the quality of Netflix's offerings aren't the issue. It's that the company continues to lag behind competitors by failing to offer the highest quality picture to all of its customers. Here's Samuel reading an excerpt from his recent piece on InputMag.com. To this day, customers can only watch 4K HDR Netflix content if they subscribe to the company's highest premium tier, which now costs $18 a month. Netflix's most popular standard plan only gives customers 1080p quality, now $14 a month. The company's basic tier subjects subscribers to an insulting 480p streaming experience for $9 a month, or $2 more than Disney+, Plus, which offers 4K at no extra charge. What's worse, Netflix Standard now costs more than Premium did when it first launched, without ever making the viewing experience better. Welcome to the show, Samuel. Thanks for having me, Mark. So, Netflix, not such a great deal anymore. Yeah, I mean, the content is still top tier. Anti-Donna, The Crown, Stranger Things, they still have great shows, but in terms of the actual bit rates that they're delivering to you, for the price, when you look at the competition, it's kind of unacceptable at this point. What do you think the logic of their increasing the price is? Because they have us trapped during COVID and we can't go anywhere and we have to watch Netflix? Their production costs are increasing year over year. And up until this point, they've had to subsidize that with taking on debt. Netflix's goal, of course, is to make it so they only make their money off subscriptions and no longer have to incur debt. They're getting closer to doing that. And the way they do that is both by growing their subscriber base, but also increasing prices. And that's fine, but it comes to a point where you're charging people so much and delivering so little. I had a friend actually recently, this is after this piece went up, and he and his wife got their first 4K TV. And he calls me and he says, hey, this looks like crap. Why? And I asked what Netflix plan he was paying for. They were paying for Netflix Basic, which is the 480p tier. And they had no idea until they got this nice 4K OLED TV. And all of a sudden, everything looked like garbage on that. Luckily, they were subscribers to T-Mobile. If you're a T-Mobile member, they will heavily subsidize your plan. So they are now Netflix premium members. But if you don't have T-Mobile, you're paying almost 20 bucks a month if you want 4K. And that's fine if you are a family and you need the additional streams that come with Netflix Premium. But if you live by yourself, it makes no sense to pay 20 bucks a month for four streams you'll never use. So what is your situation? I know that you're very interested in getting the best quality visual. Yeah, I'm fortunate enough. I'm still on my father's Netflix plan that's shared with me, my brother and my grandparents. And we all live in different parts of the country. So we always needed the four simultaneous streams. It just so happened that we also got 4K with that. But Now I have a pretty nice 4K TV myself, a nice LG OLED, 
So I do benefit from the increased picture quality. But if I was living by myself and paying for my own Netflix, it would probably be hard to justify 18 bucks a month just to get 4K. I'd probably slum it with standard at 1080p. Yeah, just from a quality standpoint, you look at 18 bucks a month. I mean, HBO Go or Now or whatever they're calling it at this point with HBO Max is $15 a month. And that's like top tier premium stuff. It's worth noting HBO Max doesn't offer 4K quite yet. They have to re-architect it for whatever reason. They didn't have that with their launch, but they say 4K is on their roadmap. And we assume that for the same 15 bucks you're paying for HBO Max right now, they'll just roll 4K into that. But who knows? Maybe they'll say, well, Netflix charges people a premium for 4K. Maybe we'll do it too. But Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, Amazon Prime Video, all of these services offer 4K for no extra charge. And if you have Disney Plus, it's one of the few ways you can get the 4K print of Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy, without actually having to buy it yourself. And watching Empire Strikes Back in 4K Dolby Vision, that's amazing. I definitely recommend it if you have Disney Plus and a 4K TV to check that out. So is there anything you can do other than either pay these outrageous prices or quit Netflix altogether? I mean, yeah, like you can send their customer service people a nicely worded email explaining why you're canceling your subscription. But I don't necessarily think it's worth it to pay for 4K at this price. It should just be standard, especially as 4K is becoming the new default. You can get a 4K TV for like 300 bucks now. So with 4K becoming the default, it's going to become increasingly more ridiculous when all these other streaming services offer 4K at no extra charge. And you expect that with every TV you buy, you're going to get that highest picture quality. And it's likely that very few people know that the Netflix that they've been paying for doesn't include 4K because maybe they're just using a 1080p TV. But I think if you do decide to upgrade to a 4K TV, it's just important for people to know Netflix isn't going to be delivering you that full picture quality that you just upgraded to unless you pay that extra charge. And you need to ask yourself if that's worth it. You can follow Samuel on Twitter at Samuel Poley. Now on to today's second story. Now, a message from our sponsor. There's breaking news we're following right now. Uh, we've been watching the Republican-led Federal Communications Commission, where the commissioners just voted on the future of how the Internet uh, is uh, going to be regulated. A panel voted along party lines to repeal what's called net neutrality. The Obama-era regulations were designed to keep the Internet open and fair. Republicans, though, argue the rules stifle innovation. Once again, the FCC voting along party lines, three to two, to repeal net neutrality. Outgoing FCC Chairman Ajit Pai's legacy will be defined by the body's controversial repeal of net neutrality. But what can we expect from a Biden administration, FCC? In short, net neutrality will be back and the internet will be cheaper. InputMag.com newswriter Jay Fergus recently wrote about some of the changes in store come 2021. Here's Jay reading an excerpt from their piece. President-elect Biden's FCC will aim to reset Obama-era decisions like bringing back net neutrality and reclassifying broadband internet as a Title II service, allowing oversight akin to that over telephone companies. With everything back in the right place, the agency can look towards making the internet a utility rather than a privilege. Welcome back to the show, Jay. Yeah, thanks for having me back. 
So before we look forward into the hopefully exciting new future of the FCC, tell me about the last couple of years of the FCC under Ajit Pai. Largely, Ajit Pai has supported the Trump administration's more conservative policies and has supported Trump in his personal vendetta against China, but most notably, Ajit Pai will definitely be remembered for being one of the few people to hate net neutrality. And in 2017, he, along with the majority of the FCC, voted to repeal net neutrality, which reversed a decision to regulate the internet under Title II of the Communications Act of 1934, basically making it so that the internet could not be regulated as a utility like the telephone. So we're predicting that obviously net neutrality will be back under a Biden FCC. What does that mean as far as the future of the internet and communication goes? A return to net neutrality is a return to the true democratization of internet access and It's not the only part of what a Biden FCC would look like, but it's a crucial part in getting affordable internet into the homes of people who can use it to improve and enrich their lives. So as of the time we're recording this, Biden hasn't named an FCC chair. That's probably not at the very, very top of his list, but there is a leading contender, however, right? Yes. So far, all of the smart money is on current Commissioner Jessica Rosenworcel. Because she's already on a part of the FCC, it would be easy for her to become a new chair because she wouldn't have to go through a confirmation process. And now with the Senate still imbalanced based on the runoff elections in Georgia, it's possible that the Senate could still be Republican controlled come late January. So having someone who is already there would be great to have. But should the Senate swing to a Democrat majority or barely majority, it would be a bit easier for Biden to pick another candidate. It would likely still be a woman. But for now, Commissioner Rosenworcel is the best bet. So a Biden administration FCC will be a real boon to people living in rural areas, right? Oh, absolutely. A Biden FCC is absolutely interested in getting the internet to as many people as possible and getting 5G into rural areas, a process that has been significantly stinted over the past few years as Trump has pushed against Chinese companies trying to help build infrastructure in these areas with their technologies. But concerns about espionage and privacy have pushed those companies out of the conversation. That's great for rural areas. How will it affect those of us who say live in urban areas? Well, another major interest for Biden going into this administration will be to really fortify internet access in urban areas, even though we might think about urban areas having all of this infrastructure, what ends up happening is that that 
utility isn't affordable to everyone and there are large numbers of people who don't have access to the internet in their home, a Biden FCC would definitely work on establishing programs to make the internet more accessible. You can follow Jay on Twitter at Notes from Jay, and I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.